Welcome to Building Boston and Beyond, an educational podcast providing residents with information on the economic growth of their community and the many resources and services available to improve their quality of life. From discussions with public officials, businesses, organizations, and people wanting to affect change, Building Boston and Beyond aims to further educate and empower residents to have a voice, connect with their community, and join the decision-making process. The Cambridge City Council election is approaching with less than one month away. 19 candidates vying for one of nine seats, including eight incumbents seeking re-election. Running for a seat in the council is native Paul Toner. Born and raised in Cambridge, Paul attended local public schools, graduated from Boston University, and received his law degree from Suffolk University. With strong roots in Cambridge, Paul is passionate about education. A former teacher, Paul's knowledge and experience inspired his focus on improvements to schools and education policy. He served as president of Cambridge Teachers Association, Mass Teachers Association, and served as vice president of Mass AFL-CIO. Paul joins Building Boston and Beyond to share his vision for Cambridge, how he will affect positive change, including improving the quality of life for residents. Welcome, Paul. You were born and raised in Cambridge. Let's share your background and path to seeking office. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you very much for having me here today. You're welcome. So my name is Paul Toner. I'm running for Cambridge City Council, and I am a lifelong resident of Cambridge. I actually live in my great-grandfather's house, uh, who moved here in 1905. And each generation of Ollies and Toners have now been here. And my, my children are actually fifth generation uh, in this house. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm very committed to the city. Uh, I have deep roots here. I grew up here in a community that was all about taking care of one another and giving back. And as I grew up, I decided to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. I was impacted by a lot of my neighbors and my own teachers, and uh, they're the ones who gave me the idea to go into education. Uh, I still had a passion for law, history, and politics, so I also pursued my law degree at Suffolk while I was teaching in the Cambridge Public Schools. And I had the good fortune of teaching social studies for 10 years and then marrying those passions for history, politics, and education in the role of being the Cambridge Teachers Union president, and then later becoming the president of the statewide Massachusetts Teachers Association. Mm -hmm. And I've been very fortunate in my life to be able to pursue the things that I love in my career. So let's talk about the education. You're very passionate about that and your past and career trajectory has allowed you to affect change in Cambridge. What is that like? Again, I got involved in education because teachers had a major impact on my life. You know, growing up here in Cambridge, my my dad died actually uh, when I was very young, when I was 15, and I'm the oldest of four boys. In addition to community members, teachers really took an interest in making sure myself and my three younger brothers stayed on track and that we focused on school and got a good education. And because they were so impactful on me, I knew that I was very interested in passing it on and going forward in my own career. During my time in education, you know, I worked at the Harrington Elementary School uh, down in East Cambridge. And I'm very fortunate during this campaign, I keep bumping into my former students. Mm-hmm. It's great to see them raising their own families and succeeding in life. It's interesting to see 30 and 40 year olds come up to you and say, hey, Mr. Toner. Right, right. <laughs> my interest in education is because I really do think it's the great equalizer 
and it is the launching pad for people in their lives. And I really believe that the solid education and hard work, you can be anything that you want to be in life. And I, I, I really want to continue to support public education. If I'm lucky enough to become a city councilor, I'll definitely play a role in supporting funding and programs to make sure our public schools are on the right track and that our young people uh, have all the opportunities that they can possibly have uh, going forward. You know, you, you have priorities, uh, your priorities for public schools and out of school programs, promoting civil and inclusive dialogue, and, and many more. Can we talk about your agenda moving forward and your priorities and your vision and what you envision for Cambridge? if you were elected. Happy to. Well, as I, as I said, right at the very top, I list uh, bringing civil discourse back to public life. Uh, even in Cambridge, I feel like the dialogue has gotten very black and white. Yes, no, no room for moderation and consensus. That's something that I've been known for during my years as a local and state union president. I was able to seek win-win solutions in many cases, mm -hmm. willing to have a cup of coffee or a beer with anybody and hear their side of the story and understand what, what their perspective was. I might not agree with uh, those positions, mm -hmm. but I try to keep lines of communication open. And that's one thing that I want to see on the council is uh, to move away from contentious discussion about everything and really try to have us having a, a much more moderated, collaborative discussion on the issues and find solutions that work for all the citizens of Cambridge. So that's a top priority. A second priority, which sounds very boring, but Cambridge has a plan E form of government. And we actually have a city manager who manages all of the staff and the budget and uh, has a great deal of authority in Cambridge. And we have to hire a new city manager because our current city manager is retiring. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that we hire a city manager that one is strong on financial issues and will be good on the nuts and bolts of, of running city government, but also comes with a vision for urban planning, ideas about you know improving traffic uh, issues in Cambridge, but also helping us resolve issues around affordable housing and providing more opportunities for our people and our residents of Cambridge. And also maintaining the very high quality of municipal services that we've come to enjoy in the city of Cambridge. And then one other very large priority for me, in addition to all those that I just mentioned, is, as I said, Cambridge is a very well-resourced city. We have lots of opportunities, but not everybody has been able to access those opportunities. And a lot of people in higher ed and education talk about creating pathways to prosperity. And I believe that we can create pathways to prosperity for our, not only our students in K-12, to but also our young adults and even our middle-aged mm -hmm. adults adults through transitions now, especially after the, pandem after the pandemic, rethinking their careers. We need to do more in terms of providing opportunities and services and career planning and internships and externships with the wide variety of companies that we have here in Cambridge. So working together with the universities, with the businesses, with the public schools, I think that we can actually put people on a much clearer path to a successful career and a successful life. Uh, and we have the resources and support services to do that. Do you have any thoughts on increasing programs for our seniors and also to access to the internet for all? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I'll start with the access to the internet. The city actually just completed a study to look into the, they're looking into the possibility of broadband for all in the city. It's a very expensive prospect, but they are doing a study to determine, you know, the pros and cons. Uh, that study hasn't been completed yet. 
However, they have created a digital equity access plan because there are other ways to give everybody access to the internet without having the city own its own municipal broadband. The city has been right out front on providing those who need it with access to cable and hotspots and providing free cable in all public areas in the city, getting computers to students during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think that they've done a very good job in that area. And then we're looking to see whether we go the next leap forward on municipal broadband, whether that makes sense or whether we can just provide other opportunities and other ways to give people access to digital divide. Right. As far as seniors go, we have a lot of senior housing and there are still a lot of uh, independent seniors who are living on their own uh, and their, their own homes. I'd like to see us provide more programs and opportunities to get them out and active. We do have a number of senior services. This is an area where I don't think all seniors are aware the programs are available and I think the city can communicate more about those programs. The other issue is, is getting people to and from those programs programs and having them be able to access the senior programs that we have available. But I do think as our population is aging and is growing here in Cambridge, time to rethink about what their wants and needs are and what kind of activities that they'd be interested in. In fact, I think the city council just the other night was talking about uh, the new tennis ball game that everybody's playing now and, and building that into our recreational facilities. Exactly. And you said the right word, awareness. You know, my mother's 87. So it is well providing the information so that they can have a better quality of life. With that said, I wanted to ask you this question. Now, Cambridge is quite interesting in in how they vote. Can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So Cambridge has been doing ranked choice voting, I believe, for well over 50 years. And it's a pretty simple concept. When you go into the voting booth, you simply rank the candidates in order of how you would like to see them elected. I personally would like everybody in Cambridge to give me their number one vote. The number one vote is the best vote to have. Mm -hmm. However, if for some reason I'm not successful, if you have Lydia down as the number two, on your ballot, maybe Lydia will get the benefit of my ballot. Essentially, doing ranked choice voting, the thought is is that if you don't get your first choice, you might get your second choice or your third choice. Most recently, New York City adopted ranked choice voting and used it for the mayoral election. And that was a very interesting race because you saw basically the candidate field basically come down to a moderate African-American former police officer was the successful candidate. Mm -hmm. In Cambridge this year, we have, as you said, 19 candidates of varying views on the issues all running for nine city council seats. Very few people get enough number one votes to declare victory on their own. Most people get onto the city council by having a solid base of number one votes and then getting lots of number two and three votes from other candidates. So it actually helps keep elections rather civilized because everybody wants to be each other's friends during campaigns because you're hoping that if you don't get a number one vote, maybe they, their voters will give you the number two vote. And, and back in the old days, it used to take two weeks, I believe, to count up all the ballots by hand. Now with the computers, most people, at least the top eight, usually know that they've won by the end of the evening on elections. So if you could describe yourself and your campaign in one word, what would it be and why? Yeah, my theme is common sense, common sense leadership. So I'll stick with common sense as the one word. And by that, I simply mean, um, I think sometimes we make things overly complicated. And the citizens of residents of Cambridge are really looking for local government to work to find straightforward solutions to their needs and issues, whether it's 
good public schools, safe streets. They don't want it to be overcomplicated. I do think that we need to do a better job in the city taking in perspectives of residents, small business leaders, the community in general, because I think sometimes the Cambridge city government makes decisions without really engaging the population mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. So common sense leadership and direct engagement with the residents to make sure that we're making the best decisions to support our neighborhoods in Cambridge. That's very smart. If elected, what would be the first thing you would like to do as city councilor in Cambridge? Again, the first thing would be really trying to get together with the other elected city councilors and coming up with a game plan about how we're all going to work collaboratively together. But then the top issue, in my opinion, going forward is not so much a policy issue, but a personnel issue. And that's hiring the next city manager and making sure that we find someone who is going to be able to work with us as a council and work with the residents to lead us into the future. We've had very good leadership over the past 50 years. So that's all come from internal hires, and it'll probably be we'll probably be looking externally at this point for new leadership. So we want to find someone who can work well in the Cambridge environment, work well with us as a city council. Now with less than 30 days away, I'm certain you are hitting the pavement strong. Mm -hmm. And how can people get in contact with you or garner some more support? Where can they go? Sure. So my website is www.toner, T-O-N-E-R, for F-O-R, cambridge.com and all the information is there. You can also email me directly at toner4cambridge at gmail.com. My office is actually right next to Frank's Steakhouse in North Cambridge. If you happen to be going by and you want to pop in and say hello, we're doing visibilities every Saturday throughout the city. I door knocked all summer long, hit about 10,000 doors and talked to about a thousand residents. Wow. Doing our phone calling now, dear friend cards and social media. And I'll be doing some more door knocking. So if you'd like to come out and help, please go to the website and contact us. And if you're interested in putting up a yard sign, you can do that too. That's great. Paul, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. And I will tell you, I am a resident in Boston. <laughs> if I was a resident in Cambridge, you'd have my number one boat. <laughs> oh, thank you. We'll just tell all your friends in Cambridge that, that message. <laughs> yes, I will. All right, great. Thank you so much for joining us on Building Boston and Beyond. Thank you very much. Visit buildingbostonandbeyond.com to get a glimpse of our future guests and the many ways you can follow us on social media. Join us next time to hear the latest topics of discussion in Boston and beyond. Thank you.